So, like all good studies of the book of Deuteronomy, I would ask you at this time to open up to Romans, Romans chapter 15. I was cagey last week in a group on Wednesday about what book we were going to. I mentioned Old Testament. I've never done an Old Testament book, uh, verse by verse, uh, on Sunday morning. But I felt like the Lord told me to specifically teach this one. And I think he's got some really good things for us to enjoy, to really be um, blessed by. So without any further ado, let's just jump right in uh, with prayer. Father, it's your word, and we pray that you'd bless it. And Lord, I've been faithful, I think, to what I feel you've called me to do. And Lord, I, I trust that you bless faithfulness. And so, Lord, be pleased to be uh, glorified in the, uh, the opening of your word here this morning. Lord, teach our hearts what you'd have us to know. Lord, change us from the inside out to your honor and glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans chapter 15, verse 4 says, For whatsoever things, like the book of Deuteronomy, by the way, the most... Uh, it's quoted more times in the New Testament than any other book. Jesus quotes it more than any other book. We can say that it's Jesus' favorite book. You know, everyone always, you know, I, yeah, you know a lot of times I tease, I, always, I don't think I'm teasing, actually. This is my favorite book. This is one of my favorite books. This is, the one I'm studying is generally one of my favorite books, you know. Uh, Deuteronomy, not as much, but it is this time. It's uh, like the Lord's been talking to my heart and teaching me some things, and it's really be, quickly becoming one of my favorites. But I would say, you know, in a manner of speaking, it's Jesus' favorite. He quotes from it more than any other book in the Old Testament. Um, so, for what sort of things were written for time, like the book of Deuteronomy, they were written for our learning that we, through patience and comfort of the Scripture, might have hope. Now, I think some people think like, yeah, we're New Testament Christians. We don't need Old Testament stuff. What are you talking about? It was written for our learning. God has instruction for us here. Um, or I think it's said better in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, it's kind of a lengthy, more lengthy portion. But we'll read through it quick, and I'll just make a couple of points. First uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, you can turn there if you'd like. To moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat of that same spiritual meat, and did all drink of that same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Now, if you're not reading the Old Testament, you're, what is he going on about? But if you're familiar with the book of Numbers, you're saying, ah, I get it. So it's very important that we know and read the Old Testament. I think I teach the Old Testament better than I teach the New Testament, by the way. But it's a story for another time. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, verse 6, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 6. Now these things were our examples to the intent and now he's going to tell us what the intent is. But I want us to understand these things. They're examples for us. We're not reading a history lesson. We're reading 4,000-year-old people across the desert. Who cares? Oh, my goodness. We do. God's, God's got something to teach us. It's for our learning, Romans chapter 15. It's, these were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things. They also lusted. Neither be idolaters. 
As with some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples. And they are written for our admonition unto whom the ends of the world are come. So there, there, God doesn't say, I, I want to write a big book, and I, I want to make it a bestseller, and I need some filler. No, no, no. All these things happen, and God's saying, you, we've got some things that we can draw from this. And finally, in 2 Timothy chapter 3.16, you don't have to turn there, because you know this verse very well. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, and of course the woman of God, may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Can you serve God to the fullest extent without knowing what his word says? Well, let's Let's examine that possibility as we go into the book of Numbers and go to the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 1. Um, these be the words, chapter 1, verse 1, these be the words. Stop there, it's the name of the book. Deuteronomy is Greek, it means second law. Say, oh, law, sounds like fun. Well, the children of Israel were at Mount Sinai, here called Mount Horeb. Don't let that throw you. Those words are used interchangeably, same place. They're at Mount Sinai, and they receive the law. Is that important? That's very important. How are you going to please God without knowing what he directs us to do? Um, so these are the words. Now, that's Hebrew. That's the name of the book translated from the Hebrew into English. These are the words. Genesis Bereshit means in the beginning. Exodus, and these are the names. Uh, Leviticus, and God spoke. Numbers, in the wilderness. Deuteronomy, and these are the words. It kind of makes a sense. In the beginning, uh, these are the people. Uh, uh, these are the names. Uh, and God spoke in the wilderness, and these are the words. Now, see, you don't get that from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They don't really add up to anything except five names of five books. But God's specifically telling us something here. Uh, and these are the words. Is that important? Yeah, these are the words that God spoke to the people in the wilderness back in the beginning. Uh, you, you see what I'm saying? Uh, so let's, let's go on with that. These are the words which Moses spoke unto. And by the way, so God spoke at Sinai, and the people heard the word, and those people died off, as we're going to find out in chapter 1 today. And now it's a new generation. God is speaking to this new generation. So as I was like praying, okay, God, where do I want to go? He said, I felt like the Spirit of God said to me, Deuteronomy. Did I hear you right? What's up with that? Listen, it's a new, it's a new day. The, the elders have died off. <laughs> they've, 
they're, 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 it's a new day. It's a, it's a soft reboot. Uh, the, the, the people of, who, who weren't faithful, they, there was a 38-year death march, and they all died in the wilderness. Now, let's, let's go over this again, because now we're going to the promised land, and there's some things you have to know, and Moses rehearses with them, because they weren't around, or they were very little children at Sinai. And so now it's like, okay, guess what? We're going to the promised land. You didn't get this. Let me rehearse it with you now. And I think God was saying, hey, listen, I'm going to do a soft reboot in church. I want to change in who we are. I want to change in what we do, but we're going to the promised land. Some will not go. Some will absolutely. We're going to talk about Kadesh Baneer. Some won't have it. And we're going to lose some. And we'll gain others. That's how it always works, but, that, but that's all right. I mean, it's not. I mean, I'm not designating anyone ever. But some people, when we, as, we, as, as a church, as, 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 as a congregation, as a congregation in the wilderness, as we move into the promised land, what's that? Victorious Christian living. Is it scary? Oh, my goodness, there's giants. It, it, it's kind of terrifying in a way, and some will be too scared to make the trip. I don't, I don't say who that is going to be, but the Lord will. And I felt like he was saying to me, like, be prepared. It's a new day. Moses spake unto all the, uh, Israel on the side Jordan of the wilderness. These be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel on this side Jordan in the wilderness, in the plain, over against the Red Sea, between Paran and Tophel, and Laban and Hazaroth and Dizahab. Uh, sorry. Um, this side Jordan. So they're on the, the east side of Jordan. They haven't gone into the promised land yet. And this is given the geography of where they are. There are 11 days journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. They're at a place called Kadesh Barnea. Very, very, very interesting name, as we'll go over here shortly. It's 11 days journey. Okay, they're in year... Okay, verse 3, it came to pass in the 40th year in the 11th month on the first day of the month that Moses spake unto the children of Israel according unto all that the Lord had given him in commandment unto them. What happened? They're on year 40 of an 11-day journey is what these two verses are telling us. How does that even happen? Well, we're going to find out. But let me cut to the chase. It's kind of disobedience. That's the whole, that's the whole thing. I don't say that. I don't try to guilt anybody. But I want to tell you, God will make you mature in a hurry if you want. If you want to stay in the wilderness on a 38-year death march, walking in circles, swatting flies, kicking up dust and never amounting to anything, that's a choice. He'll let us have that choice as he let them have this, that choice. Me? Not so much. What do you mean, Adam? I mean, uh, God's saying, I want a uh, victorious Christian living for you. I want you to overcome your fears. Uh, and then we have the Yabbats. I call them the Yabbats. Well, yeah, but I, this is my reason for staying in fear. Okay. You just trumped everything I have to say. The Word of God is not living. It's not powerful. It's not sharper than a two-edged sword. It's not able to... Build, it's not able to 
build us up. It's not able to... And Jesus, at the end of the day, is not able to deliver us. God's very upset with them because what he, basically he's saying, they're saying, you can't. And he's like, what? Is my arm shortened? Am I not able to? And they're saying, you're not able to. We do this all the time. Listen, listen I've had a... I don't know how long. I've been doing this now. Uh, 15 years. I don't know. 23 years. <laughs> no, more than that. Anyway, I've been, I don't know this a while. I've run to the Yabats all the time. Um, forgiveness. Well, Yabat, okay, stay in your bitterness. Uh, drunkenness. Well, yeah, but, okay, stay in your delirium, whatever, just stay drunk. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. That's a new day. God wants to, and listen, don't think for a second I'm cavalier and I don't care about, don't even think that. God just busted me here very, oh, gloriously. I'm, I'll, I'll share, I'll tell you about it, okay? Because that's, uh, uh, me, uh, open, no, no subterfuge, no. I don't want to be all holy now. I really don't. Fear is not an issue to me, but guess what is? And we'll come across it here shortly, especially if I, I got to get moving here. We got a lot of verses. It's an 11-day journey. They're in year 40. And I think that happens a lot. I think it happens to most people, by the way. It's just been my uh, unfortunate observance to see that. It came past in the 40th year. So here they are, 40 years on an 11-day journey. What happened? Um... They weren't faithful. After verse 4, he had slain Sihon, the king of the Amorites, which dwelt in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, which dwelt at Astaroth and Edrei. On this side, Jordan, in the land of Moab, began Moses to declare this law, saying, now before we say what he's saying, he's declaring law, people are learning it, and it's amazing victories over Sihon, the king of the Amorites, and over Heshbon, the king of Bashan. Both of them are giants. They're going into the promised land to do what? Slay giants. I mean, real giants. And they're going to need to know that God's able to do that. How do they do that? How come they, their parents couldn't? They can. What, what happened? Uh, Moses began to declare this law. So we understand what God's saying. We obey what God's saying. And then we have immediate victory. Uh, we see Joshua take this up and... The book of Joshua, he checks with headquarters, okay, God, what's going on here? What do you want? Does what God, and they have, they have like, they went to Jericho. You know how many people they lost in Jericho? Zero. It's the, it's the, it's the stronghold of the land. They go up there, blow a trumpet, walls fall down, every man went up, boom. You know, and nobody got injured, nobody got killed. I mean, I mean, if like, losses are going to be heavy, but we're going to end up taking the city. Well, no, God kept them all. They only had a couple of losses in the whole time when they didn't check with the Lord. Oh, we're obedient to the Lord. And what happens? Victory, victory, victory. Now we're too cool for school. We think we know more. We're going to do it our way. We're not going to do it God's way. What's going to happen? No victory. No victory, right? Lord spake unto us in Horb, saying, Ye have dwelt long enough upon this mount. What's Horb? Sinai. You've been here long enough. Yes, we've got to learn the law, but we don't, have to, we don't live under the law. We have to know it. It's our schoolmaster. We have to take what it has to show us, but we don't live there. 
Okay? We're not under the law. And, and God says that. You've, you've been in Horeb long enough. Turn you and take your journey and go to the mount of the Amorites and unto all the places nigh thereto in the plain and the hills and the vale and the south by the sea uh, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon and to the great river, the river Euphrates. Okay, he's got them up in Lebanon and the Euphrates River, which by the way is in modern day Iraq. If you were faithful and did the things I told you to do, your land wouldn't be like the size of New Jersey. It'd be like the size of Texas or, well, I'm exaggerating, but about 10 times more than they have right now. How big do you want your blessing to be? How faithful are you willing to be to God? The sky's the limit. You know, you know we read this week uh, about uh, David's sin. Oh, that's hard to read. Every time I read it, I hope the ending <laughs> changes, and I know it won't. How silly is that? Because David's one of my favorite characters, and I, and I posted, you know, if you follow along, choose to sin, choose to suffer. David's suffering is, he's never going to be free from, he's never going to king he was, he was meant to be. Why? He chose sin. And he chose, instead of great victory, one horrible happening in his house after another. Now, follow God. How, how big do you want your blessing to be? He's, and God says to him, why did you do this? If, if I've given you this, I've given you this, I've given you this, I've given, and if that wasn't enough, I would have given you more. God's blessing, ours for the taking. He's, a, he's our gracious Heavenly Father. Is he indulgent? No, but he's rich. And he is gracious, and, and we don't go without. And I think sometimes the reason that we do is because we're not willing to be, I, I don't know how else to say it, because we're not willing to be as faithful as he wants us to be. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and to the seed after them. I promised, Go. Uh, verse 9, I spake unto you at that time, saying, I am not able to uh, bear you myself alone. The Lord your God hath multiplied you, and behold, you are the days this day as the stars of heaven for multitude. And you're thinking, no, there's gazillions. There's, there's, but I think seeing eye stars, there's about 6,000 now. I mean, you can see with the naked eye. And I don't know how much more at that day when there wasn't as much pollution. But God had certainly multiplied them past uh, that point. The Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times so many more as ye are and bless you as he hath promised you. How can I myself alone bear your cumbrance and your burden and your strife? I can't do it all by myself, he's saying. So take you wise men and understanding and known among your tribes and I'll make them rulers over you. And you answered me and said, the thing which thou hast spoken is good for us to do. In case, so he's holding court every day and people are coming with their problems and their complaints and their lawsuits, if you will. And you're going to be waiting a long time. It's just Moses. So he says, well, look, there's other guys who can do this. And you're saying, okay, good. So instead of waiting three days, I can wait an hour or two, get my turn, and make my case. So I took the chief of your tribes, wise men and known, and made them heads over you, captains over thousands, captains over hundreds, captains over fifties, captains over tens, and officers among your tribes. And I charged your judges at that time, saying, Hear the causes between your brethren, and judge righteously between every man and his brother and the stranger that is with him. What would they use to judge? The law. 
That's what judges use to judge now. Would to God that we actually use that all the time. I think that uh, I think American jurisprudence is still the best on the earth, but it's it's not what it should be. Why? Because they're unrighteous people. Um, some guy lied to the FBI, got away with it. Hmm. Why? I use on the right political party. But the word says, you shall not respect persons in judgment, verse 17. We don't care about party affiliation. We only care about right and wrong. That's why they have that, that lady with the scales there in front of the courthouse. She's got a blindfold on. There's a reason for that. Because she doesn't want to respect persons. It's just judgment. It's just righteousness. It's just what's right and what's wrong. You shall not respect persons in judgment. You shall hear the small as well as the great. Guy's got a lot of money. He's, hey, he's going free today. He, he, he's, he's got great wealth, right? So in America happens the same way. You know, how much, how much judgment, how much justice can you purchase, right? And it shouldn't be that way. God's word says it shouldn't be that way. You shall not be afraid of the face of man, for the judgment is God's, and the cause that is too hard for you, bring it unto me, and I will hear it, says Moses. So you got the lower courts, and then you got the Supreme Court, which is Moses. And I think that works pretty well in Israel, because the people were righteous, and they were following God's law. And as we move away from God's law, as a nation, what happens? Well, chaos. I mean, you guys have eyes. Chaos. Um, you, the guys, I paid $4.79 for a gallon of gas yesterday. Oh my goodness, I filled that truck up and I thought like, well, I better hurry up and get to work and make some of that back, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's going to be a point where I, I to earn money, I, I won't go to work because what I save in gas will be more than I would. I mean, it's getting ridiculous, right? What's that? God's judgment. God's judgment. Just saying. We move away from God. I don't want you, God. I don't want your laws. I don't want you. We're going to expunge your, your, every, your name out of our public square and everything. Oh, yeah, by the way, bless us. Make us militarily mighty. Make us prosperous. What? He'll leave if you ask him to, and he'll take his blessing with him. That's all that's happening. Uh, and I commanded you at that time to do all the things which you should do. And when we departed from Horeb, again, that's Mount Sinai, we went through all the great and terrible wilderness which he saw by the way of the mountain of the Amorites as the Lord our God commanded us when we came to Kadesh Barnea. Interesting place. Kadesh, holy. Barnea. Barrenness. Best way I can say it. Holy barrenness. And it's a, it's a fork in the road. It definitely is. It was to them. Holy, do what God says. Barrenness, desert. Disobey God. Can it, can it, can it be any more stark? Uh, one of the questions in the homework, have you ever had a Kadesh Barnea moment recently? How'd you do? I did. I'll share it on Wednesday. I'll share it right here, right now. Um, we came to Kadesh Barnea, and I said, Yeah, come to the mountain of the Amorites, which the Lord our God doth give unto us. Okay, the Amorites are in the promised land. It's not theirs, it's God's. And God says, I'm giving it to you. 
Uh, Behold, the Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of thy fathers hath said unto thee. Fear thee not, neither be discouraged. I said, fear not. I'm not a fearful person. Uh, Edward R. Murrow, we are not descended from fearful men. Uh, I wish that uh, everyone knew that. They keep trying to put us in a state of fear. I think what has happened in the last couple of years, the pandemic of fear. Be very afraid. Oh, the virus is going to get you. It's going to kill you. Oh, you know, wear a mask. Wear two masks. Wear three masks. Get a, get a vaccination. Get a booster. Get a booster to the booster. Make sure you get your mask on. Make sure you wear it over your nose. Oh, it's going to get you. It's going to be horrible. I'm not descended from fearful men. I don't know about you. And it says, fear not. Remember the angels to the ladies at the tomb? Fear not. And I said last week, it's most often repeated commandment in Scripture. Neither be discouraged. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Bagged. Bagged. I'm very prone to discouragement. This is what God's been dealing with me. I had Kadesh finding a moment. I'll tell you about it, I guess. At the conference, God said, why are you discouraged? Why do you have your face in the mud? Why are you not hopeful? What, do you, what, what is my arm shortened? And fear isn't my problem. It's just not. I know fear comes from Satan. It doesn't come from God. So when I fear fearful, I'm just, I just pray it away. Lord, I'm not. I'm trusting you. I ain't listening to that. Ten foot tall and bulletproof, Lord. I'm yours. I, I'm, not, I'm not a fearful man. He said, what about discouragement? I'm like, oh, man. Anyone else? I can get easily discouraged. Satan is good at discouragement. Why would you be discouraged, God would say to us. I'm still on the throne. I haven't lost my power to bless. Why are you discouraged? What are you focusing on? What are you thinking about? What are you, you're not thinking about my promises. You're not thinking about I've given you all things pertaining to life and godliness. And he really busted me. In a good way. In a good way, right? Because... Being a Kadesh Barnea and having the choice, we, well, we all come to that fork in the road. We're going to obey him or not obey him. I decided. Discourage, discouragement isn't for me. I've been living there, and he reached out and he tries to restore me and pick me up again. But this time he's kind of a little bit, I won't say harsh at me, but we had our wrestling time, you know, God and Jacob in the wilderness. He, he does that. He wrestles with his sons. I had, so I had our wrestling time. He said, stop it. Stop being discouraged. And I was like, okay, okay. You, you hear what I'm saying? I don't expect that any of us are perfect, but when God says, this is touches an area of our life, fear, bitterness, drugs, alcohol, uh, lust, envy, you name it, okay? What is it? It's time to move past that. I'm here. I have my word. I have my power. I have my spirit. I don't want you living in defeat. I don't want you walking around with your face in the mud. I'm God. You're a bad representative. You're walking around always glum, always crying, always defeated, always miserable, always... Anyone hear me? 
Fear not, neither be discouraged. And if you're like me, that's a word. And you came near unto me, every one of you, and we, uh, we will send men before us, and they shall search out the land and bring us word again by what way we must go up and into the cities we shall come. Why would they do that? God was leading them by a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. God knows the way. You come to Kadesh Barnea, and God said, okay, uh, this, I, this is what I want you to step into. And you said, well, okay. Well, let me put a fleece out there. Let me pray about it. Let me, and we have a thousand spiritual exercises we go through rather than be obedient. And if you're looking for a reason to not obey God, I'm going to tell you something. This is Pastor Todd speaking, and this is my personal testimony. If, you, if you're looking for a reason to not obey God, you'll find it every single time. It, there's always going to be a reason why I can't obey God, I can't do what God's telling me to do at this time and this season and for this reason. If that's what you're looking for, you'll always find it. The, the reasons won't hold water, but they're, they're reasonable to us. We have this great propensity to rationalize. Oh, so let us send men. Uh, they're going to go up and check the land out. And the saying pleased me well. So Moses buys in. I took 12 men of you, one of a tribe, and they turned and went into the, uh, the mountain, came unto the valley of Eskal, and searched it out. And they took of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down to us and brought us word again and said, It is a good land which the Lord our God doth give us. By the way, duh. The, 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 the victorious Christian life, the place we're headed, the, the land that God has promised us, the reason he has taken hold of us, that we can take hold of these things, are they good things? No. I love fear and I love discouragement. I love, I love to be uh, always oppressed and miserable my whole life. These things God has, they're not good things. Well, that's silly. Of course they're good things. He's God. He's good. He, uh, what, what is your salvation? Not a good thing? Hell's a better thing than heaven? Uh, some people crazily would say so. I'd rather laugh with the sinners and cry with the saints. The sinners are much more fun. As they're burning horrifically, eternally. Think that all the way through. Those things God has for us are fantastic. The first thing he has for us is himself. So, we got, you know, oh, it's a great land that the Lord has, notwithstanding, up, yeah, but, did you see that? Notwithstand, oh, it's a great. Listen, they're carrying a cluster of grapes that's on, wrapped around a pole between two of them. How <laughs> if you had a cluster of grapes? Like, imagine a, a grape that's as big as a bowling ball, or just so numerous that it just it takes two people to carry a cluster of grapes. You're saying that's not true. Oh, it's very true. It, scripture says that. They took the fruit of their lands, brought down to us, and brought us word again, and said, It is good land which the Lord doth give us, notwithstanding. Yeah, but you would not go up or rebel against the command of the Lord your God. You were looking for an excuse, and you found one, and Moses saying, You murmured in the tents and said, We got three, two to three million people, and they murmur. I bet it sounds like just horrific, right? You murmured in your tents and said, Because the Lord hated us. He has brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. How silly is that? You know what? It's about as silly as me being discouraged. It's about as silly as you 
not understanding that God loves us. I, listen, I say that all the time, but I don't always enjoy that. I always walk in victory, because, that, like knowing that he loves us. I preach it, I teach it, but I don't live it all the time. Okay? Bad on me. I, I've got to understand it. And I want to be a murmurer. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he hates us. Therefore, he brought us up here to kill us. If you're looking for an excuse again, you'll find it. Uh, Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, The people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakims there. The people are greater and taller than them. There really are giants in the land. Okay? They're not making this up. Caleb says, okay, let's go giant hunting. We're plenty able to do this. Joshua says, let's go. So out of the 12 spies, there's 10 of them who gave a negative report, Numbers tells us. Two to three million people are turned back because of the negative bad report of 10 people. How many discouraging people do you have in your life? How many naysayers? How many people are dragging you down? How many? Oh, we got way, way more than 10. No doubt. Discouragement's a real thing. I know. Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our heart. You know when the children of Israel going forth to, to war, going forth to battle? They say, okay, if you get married in the last year, you're excused. If you built a house and you haven't lived in it yet, you're excused. If you're afraid, there's the door. You're excused. Why? Because they understand fear is, it, 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 oh, it's worse than any virus. It's worse, it's, it's more, it's easy to, to communicate to other people fear. You know, let's go up there, let's do this. God's with us. We're going to have a, victor a victorious day. It's going to be wonderful. Oh, we can't. Oh, there's people, giants. Oh, we're all going to be slaughtered. How many of those do we need before they take all this wind out of our sails? Courage. Is, it's the same thing. It's, 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 did, when you read the story of David and Goliath, is that like, oh, Lord, bring me a giant. I got me and you. We got this. We, it was so, uh, uh, and, and, and that like, fear spread among the people makes everyone fearful. Courage spread among the people makes everyone courageous. And the people we listen to, the people who speak into our lives, let them be godly, good people, because we can be discouraged and fearful if we listen to the wrong path. That's why I tell you Facebook isn't really a great option. Listen, I'm not a legalistic. I see you on Facebook, I'm going to call you up and yell at you, or I'm not even on, I wouldn't know. But, but I, I'm not saying it's a... It, but, but, boy, they can really... can really make you fearful. It can really make you discouraged, can't they? Oh, they're taller than us. Then I said unto you, Dread not, neither be afraid of them. Lord your God, which goeth before you, he shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. This is the group that saw 
The Egyptian army drowned in the Red Sea. The flies came and they landed, and biting flies on all the Egyptians. And they were down in Goshen, a no-fly zone. And it happened that all the Egyptians were bitten by these flies and none of them were bitten, children of Israel. It was dark, darkness that could be felt in the land of Egypt. Land of Goshen, bright, sunny day. And all of a sudden, God opened up the, the Red Sea and we walked through on dry land. We got to the other side. He closed it all over. The Egyptians, they had a bad day. And they were dancing and singing with timbrels and the Lord hath triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider through. And th what happened? Did God lose his mojo? Did God change? What happened? Now you're going to the promised land? What, what God, God got, got weak? God can't... And Moses gets it, but the people... The Lord your God, he shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness where thou hast seen how the Lord thy God bare thee as a man doth bear his son in all the way that ye went until ye came into, that, into this place. Look, God's carried you the whole way. He's not going to let you down now is what Moses is saying. Yet in this thing ye did not believe the Lord your God. Kadesh, Barnea. Isn't that the most stark contrast you've ever heard in your life? Holiness and the glory that follows, or a life that's fruitless, the desert. And this thing, you did not believe the Lord your God, who went in the way before you to search out a place to pitch your tents in, in fire by night to show you uh, by what way you should go in, in a cloud by day. And the Lord heard the voice of your words and was wroth and swore, saying, Surely they shall not one of these men of this evil generation see the good land which I swore unto, uh, to give unto you, your fathers. God's mad. Why? Because you're saying, you just told them, God, you're powerful, powerless. You're weak. You brought us out here because you hate us. You can't deliver us. And God's like, are you kidding me right now? Really? He gets very upset. When I had this Kadesh Barnea revelation, hey, you're very discouraged, and you're discouraging people. I could live a life of barrenness. Oh, Lord, you don't understand. Yeah, but I decided, no, that's no. I can't preach and tell you how you should and not no I want to be Caleb I don't want to be the the ten uh there's not one of these men two to three million people going to die in the wilderness not one is going to enter into the land except Caleb verse 36 the son of Jephunneh he shall see it and to him will I give the land that he hath trodden upon and to his children because he hath wholly followed after the Lord God makes the exception. Oh, you're the guy? Well, I'm going to bless you then. Caleb, whose name means dog. I love that. Dog man here. Kaleev still is the Hebrew word for dog. And some people say it means faithful. Okay, I'll give you that. Well, who's more faithful than a dog, right? Uh, he's, uh, he's a Kenizzite in one scripture. He's not, they're one of the original habits, inhabitants of the land. He joined himself, or his parents, his late greats, joined himself to the children of Israel. Now he's in the tribe of, of Judah. He's not even a Israel by, by descendancy, but he's, he's been joined in, grafted in. 
Lord was angry with me for your sake, saying, Thou also shalt not go in thither. But Joshua, the son of Nun, which standeth before thee, he shall go in thither. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Joshua is okay. Caleb's okay. They were two of the ten who said, let's go. Let's do this thing. God's with us. Caleb, uh, so he's like about 85 years old when he finally inherits the land. And he's not inheriting by lot. He says, put that away. You remember, uh, Joshua, God promised me whatever I want. And so he said, okay, yeah, I remember. So what do you want? He goes, I want Hebron. Is that important? Oh, if you know, yeah. Hebron, communion, fellowship. With what? God. Certainly as we enter into, that's, by the way, that's a place of giants. Caleb said, we're going to eat them for lunch. They're going to. Not a, not a thing. I want to do this 40 years ago. I had to wait for all you people to catch up. Uh, and he goes, and of course, there are giants in, in Hebron still. Uh, place of fellowship. That's where the heavy hitters, that's where, that's where the discouragement giants are. That's where the, the, the demons that would discourage you from fellowship with God. Communion with God is a very special place. It's where all our strength comes from. All our, God pours out His Spirit on us in that place of communion with Him. Oh, there are giants there, to be sure. Some of you have experienced that. That's where, the, like I say, the heavy hitters come out. Caleb, he don't care. Uh, moreover, your little ones, verse 39 that ye said should be a prey, and your children, which in that day hath no knowledge between good and evil, they shall go in thither, and unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. Oh, we can't go. Our kids will be consumed by the... No, they're the ones who are going to possess it. But as for you, turn you and take your journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Wait a second. No second chance? Hey, look, look. God is the God of the second chance, third chance, fourth chance, fifth chance, sixth. As you know, as you well know. But there's a time where he says, that's the bed you want to lay in. You've made your bed. Go ahead. My spirit shall not always strive with man. Is there a place we go that's like, okay, you've made your choice. I don't know. I don't want to find out. <laughs> but here at Kadesh Barnea, they made a choice, and they couldn't. And as we'll see here, they couldn't go back on it. Uh, they couldn't. They couldn't turn it around. They couldn't. They couldn't uh, say, "All right, we repent. Uh, uh, go, go into the wilderness by way of the Red Sea. Go back to Egypt. In other words, not all the way into Egypt, but head back that way." Then he answered and said to me, Oh, we have sinned against the Lord. Oh, we will go up and fight according to all that the Lord our God commanded us. Uh, sorry, too late. And when he had girded on every man his weapons of war, you were ready to go up into the hill. And the Lord said to me, Say unto them, Go not up, neither fight, for I am not among you, lest you be smitten before your enemies. All right, by the way, let there be a word for all of us. Don't put on the armor. Don't get into the ring. Don't engage. If God's not there, forget about it. Fight the Lord's battles. Your battles, you no. Know. I'm not among you. You're going to be smitten before your enemies. So I spake unto you, and you would not hear, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord and went presumptuously up into the hill. What happens? <laughs> Bad things. We're not, 
So we rebelled and wouldn't go in. And then God said, okay, back to, back to Egypt with you. And we said, oh, no, no, no. Now we're rebelling again. We're not going to win our, our rebellion war with more rebellion. Don't do presumptuously. I think the faith movement, some of that is very presumptuous, is it not? It's not what God said. A faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. God said it. Well, that settles it. Oh, God didn't say it. I'm out on kind of, I can ask him, you know, about certain things, but I don't know that he's going he's gonna to do, and we don't act presumptuously. What happens when we do? especially in rebellion, verse 44. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like asking God to bless my extramarital affair. No, no, that's presumptuous. And it's even, you shouldn't even be praying about something crazy like that. No, not involved in that, but certainly don't drag God into your train wreck. And the Amorites which dwelt in that mountain came out against you and chased you as bees do and destroyed you in Seir, even unto Hormah. Why? God said, don't do it. I'm not going to be there. You aren't, they're going to destroy you. And what happens? Well, as God said it, so it became. You returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord would not hearken to your voice, nor give air unto you. So you abode in Kadesh many days, according unto the days that you abode there. Is God putting before us today a choice? Kadesh Barnea, holiness or barrenness? I think he puts that to one degree or another just about every day. Maybe not that big way like I'm describing, but every day your life has, uh, I'm going to choose to do what God has said. And what will happen? Victory, Sihon, Og, psh, giants, who cares? We're going to step on them, there ain't nothing to it. We're going to be Caleb and do what God's called us to do, inherit the promised land, or we're going to be also ran barrenness, dry, no fruit. Choice is yours. A lot of fruit in the land. Pig out. Make it, get as much as your little heart desires. Uh, I don't think any of us inherit all that God would have for us. I don't think any of us have that much obedience, that much faith, that much prove me wrong. I mean, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see you inherit the whole everything God has for us, ten times as much as you'd ever suppose. He's able to give exceedingly abundant beyond what we ask or think. He's that big. He's that awesome. He's that glorious. And he loves us that much. Let's pray. And our worship leaders will send us out of here in song. A good word, a good start for us here this morning. We Soft reboot. We're, we're, we're still doing verse by verse. We're still worshiping you in song. But I think it's a new day, Lord. I think the, uh, the promised land is ahead. I think uh, you want us to be fruitful. You want us to have victory. You want us to slay giants, the giants in our life. You want us to overcome Jericho. You want us to have victory after victory after victory after victory. Oh, there's, there are giants in the land. We understand. But Lord, there's no one who's bigger and stronger and more powerful than our God. And Lord, in the days ahead, I am a little afraid of what uh, we've uh, taken hold of. And I'll admit it, but I don't want to be fearful, Lord, and I don't want to be discouraged. I want to have all our faith, all our hope, all our confidence, all our trust in you. No confidence in the flesh. Lord, hear my prayer. Hear my heart. 
I want that for me, Lord. I want that for my family. I want that for my church family, all my brothers and sisters. And as many who are outside this place who want that too, Lord, it's an invitation to them to come and join us, Lord. We want to we want to do a Jericho march, as it were, around all that you would have for us, Lord. So Lord, we pray that you would bless us abundantly as we make the choices that honor you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.